Thank you for joining us to hear today's message. At Faith Assembly, our passion and purpose is loving people to life in Christ. To find out more information, visit our website, faithnewcumberland.com. Well, good morning. It's great to see you all today. And um, we're going to be talking, the last couple of weeks we've been talking about some big questions in the Bible, some things that uh, a lot of people have questions about, Christians and people who aren't Christians. And today we're going to talk about a little bit about science. Now, all of the kids and teenagers that are up here, you guys are like in your last month of school, right? Yeah. You only have a little bit left. So hang in with me for one week when we talk about school stuff at church. Is that okay? <laughs> It'll be fun though, because I brought Snickers. Your science teachers don't do that, do they? <laughs> Maybe sometimes. Airheads. Uh, those are good too. Airheads are good. We're going to have Snickers today, though. All righty. So um, I've always loved science. When I was going to school, science was probably one of my favorite subjects. Um, I liked figuring things out, figuring out how things worked. But as you grow up, especially if you go to public school, you hear words like evolution and Big Bang Theory and things like that in school. And then you come to church and you hear about creation and God creating everything. And sometimes those two worlds don't match up, right? They're different. And um, as I grew up, I just kind of, when I was going through school, I think I just kind of ignored it a little bit, maybe. Like, God probably, well, God definitely knows what he's doing. And I mean, I don't know why I'm hearing something different at school, but God's got it all in his hand, so it's probably okay, <laughs> right? Sometimes we just ignore the things in the Bible that don't make sense. And uh, as I got older, people started asking me questions about different things, like how did people in the Old Testament live to be 900 years old? Or how did Noah really fit like two of each animal in the ark? Um, or things like that. How about dinosaurs? Like, did they live with people? Or like, if God created everything, then where do the dinosaurs fit into that? Um, so as I got older, I realized that it wasn't enough to just believe in the Bible. I needed to know what I believed, and I needed to be able to explain it to other people when they had questions for me. So uh, we're going to put a verse up here in the Bible in 1 Peter 3.17. Guys, my PowerPoint is working. This is super exciting. If any of you have been here when I preach in the past... Technology usually is not my friends. <laughs> so, thank you, Art. <laughs> He's awesome back there. First uh, Peter three seventeen. It says, "Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asked you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect." So the hope that we have is Jesus, right? We have hope in Jesus, and the Bible tells us that. And there's lots of things in the Bible that are concrete. Right? The Bible tells us very clearly, like, sin entered the world, and we've all sinned and made mistakes, and Jesus is the payment for that sin so that we can go to heaven. That's clear in the Bible. Multiple places in the Bible, that's very clear. There's other um, things in the Bible that are clear, like the Ten Commandments, like forgiveness. We need to forgive people who do things wrong against us. We need to be willing to forgive that's something that's very clear in the Bible. But then there's some things, because the Bible wasn't written as a science textbook, so there's some things in the Bible, like creation and evolution, that we need to just dig a little bit deeper. We need to be a detective a little bit. 
um, to figure some of these things out. But it does tell us at the end of this verse that we need to have an answer. So we need to make sure that we understand why we believe what we believe. But when we're talking with other people about it, we need to do it with gentleness and respect. There's lots of people who talk about things like this, and they're not very gentle, and they don't have respect. <laughs> so you can be 100% right about something, no doubt 100% right. But if you're not being kind and respectful, no one's going to listen to you, right? <laughs> so not only do we have to solidify what we believe and know why we believe what we do, but we have to know how to present that to other people in a way that we're not turning them off from listening to anything that we would ever have to say about anything. <laughs> so I just want to encourage and challenge you with that this morning as well. Um, and then uh, just one more thing here. While I was um, preparing this message and just researching some of this, doing a little bit of the detective work, I was just really challenged that um, what I was challenged by the question, what is the church doing? What am I doing individually to educate our students and our kids about topics like this? Um, I think that as Christians, as parents, we have the responsibility to have those answers if kids come home from school and ask us questions. If your nieces, nephews, grandkids, if they come home from school and ask you questions about things that they learned in science class that don't line up with the Bible, we have the responsibility to have answers for that. And that might seem completely overwhelming, but that's one of the reasons that a church body is so important. That's one of the reasons that you have pastors. Um, we all have cell phones. We've, I know that we'd all be willing to give you our cell phone number. If anybody ever wants to go out for coffee and talk about science, I'd be totally up for that. Questions or no questions, I will always go to coffee with you. You want to go for coffee? Awesome. Are you allowed to drink coffee? Okay, awesome. <laughs> we can go for coffee. <laughs> You're not allowed to drink coffee. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. No, okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so um, we're going to talk about a couple of topics this morning. We're going to talk specifically about creation and then the flood and then dinosaurs. So we're going to cover a couple of interesting topics this morning. Um, but when we put some of the ideas in modern day science, like what you would learn in science in school, and some of the ideas of the Bible next to each other, they don't always line up, right? Science says that the earth is millions and billions of years old. The Bible doesn't give us an exact date for creation, but you know all of those like genealogies in the Bible where it's like this person lived to be 940 and then died and then his son lived to be this old and then died. Um, we can use all of those uh, genealogies to calculate about how old the earth should be. So if we look at the Bible, it says about 6,000 years, okay? About 6,000 years. So that doesn't line up. Science says that there's no creator, and the Bible says that God created everything. Science says that we all came from a chemical soup running over rocks for millions of years, or billions of years, and the Bible says that God created each person and each animal uniquely, so when we look at that, one of those two are off, right? So we have a scale up here. We have science on one side and Bible on the other side. When we telescope out to the big picture, we see a few things, right? We see that science is always changing. I thought this was really interesting. I was looking back at some things that science has changed their mind on in the last couple 
hundred of years. Did you know that from the 1930s to the 1950s, many cigarette ads said that they were doctor recommended? We go to the next slide there. You can see some of them. I think this uh, one on that side is pretty funny. It says, as your dentist, I would recommend. <laughs> I don't know about you. Next time you go to the dentist, ask them if they would recommend you smoking cigarettes. Probably not. Um, and then this one, more doctors smoke camels than any other cigarette. Um, so that's one thing that um, science and doctors, originally they believed that cigarettes had health benefits until they got new information and they learned that they were a lot more harmful for you than any benefits that they might have. Um, scientists have changed the age of the earth many times. Did you know that? That in 1770, in science textbooks in schools, they said that the earth was 70,000 years old. Today, do any kids here, can you tell me how old your science class is? Go ahead, Anna. Close, you're close, 4.6 billion, 4.6 billion years old. So let me give Anna some candy. All right, let's see. I'm not going to hit anybody in the head. Uh, maybe almost Caleb, sorry, Caleb. <laughs> um, so 4.6 billion years old. So if we go off of those numbers, in the last 250 years, the earth has aged billions of years? How does that happen, right? Well, science has to keep changing the age of the earth to continue proving their theories. So um, every time some new information comes up, they change the age of the earth to make it match. So science is on the one side ever-changing in the Bible, is on the other side always the same. Jesus even said in the Bible that he is always the same, yesterday, today, and forever. So I don't know about you, but I think that I would rather base my belief system and base how I make decisions on something that is always the same and not something that is changing based on new information coming out. Um, in the research that I've done, um, it's crazy. I really encourage you to do your own research on this, especially on like the theory of evolution. It's so interesting and so crazy how many uh, things are not scientifically accurate in the theory. And now don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that like all science is bad. Specifically right now I'm talking about um, evolution. There's so many things that just um, don't line up, but scientists continue to change their data to make it look like evolution is how the earth was created. Um, one of the biggest criticisms of creation from the evolution side is that uh, they, they'll say, well, you don't know where God came from. Where did God come from? He couldn't just have always been here, so where did he come from? But if you believe in evolution, then you believe that all of the matter, so everything that has ever existed, all of the matter was condensed down, some science books say, into a like little ball that is smaller than a period on a sentence, right? So all of the matter came down really, really small and then exploded in the Big Bang Theory to create the Earth. Well, my question would be, where did all of that matter come from, right? Like, it doesn't matter which one you believe in. There are still things that we don't understand. Um, 
And I think that uh, Christians are often afraid to discuss topics like that. They're afraid to talk about the Big Bang Theory, um, which is part of evolution. Um, Evolution says that the earth was created in an explosion. I just got a definition really quickly off of Google of what the Big Bang Theory is. And it says that the universe originated billions of years ago in a rapid expansion from a single point of nearly infinite energy destiny. Now, those are some scientific words, but in the Bible, we read that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw the light, and it was good. He separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. Well, have you ever thought about this? The Big Bang Theory could be a scientific explanation of creation. Think about this for a minute, right? A spark or a bang or a booming voice spoke, bang, and everything was created. God spoke and there was so much power that not only the whole universe was created, but his voice continued and still continues today to create beyond our universe. So beyond um, sp- outer space, uh, science has proved that, um, that our uh, solar system continues to expand. Um, and I think that's from the power of God's voice. Now, I thought this was really interesting. Kids, here's another, uh, or anybody really, Snickers opportunity. Um, what does universe mean? Do you know what universe means? What do you think? Go ahead. God, yeah, God is part of the universe. There you go. Oh, and that was a much better throw and a much better catch. Go ahead. What do you think? One what? One word. Okay, you're getting really close. Yes. So, okay. So, uni, una, right, means what? One. And what does verse mean? Word. Emily, do you have another guess? All right. In uh, the universe came from the Greek, and una means one, and verse means sentence. So literally, universe means one sentence, or let there be light, right? So how crazy is that, that when, back when they created the word universe, they defined it as one sentence, that everything was created in one sentence. Um. Now, there are lots of other issues with the evolution theory. I think that the Big Bang could be how uh, scientists explain the uh, actual beginning of the Earth, but the evolution theory is much bigger than that. There are other problems with it, like they think the Earth is billions of years old, and they think that dinosaurs were created before people when the Bible says that everything was created in six days. But simplistically, I think that God spoke, whether you interpret that as God speaking or as a bang, and everything was created. Now take note that in all of this, the scientific data is not the problem. The problem comes when scientists who do not believe in God try to explain a universe created by God without God. So it's really hard to explain something that was created by God without using God. That would be like if I had 
I don't know, some food up here that nobody has ever tried. And I said, Emily, can you come up and taste this food and tell everybody what it tastes like, but you're not allowed to put it in your mouth? That doesn't make sense, right? You couldn't do it. Well, that's the same as scientists trying to explain a universe created by God without using God as part of the equation. It's just as crazy for them to try to do that. And that's why there's so many theories and so many, um, so many ideas out there because we have to use God to explain the universe if we believe that God created the universe. Um, in the Bible, it says that the heavens are declaring the glory of God. And I think that that is just so, um, so cool. If you've ever been to the Grand Canyon or Niagara Falls or just seen a sunset or the stars, you can see that that is just so majestic, right? And I think that the heavens are declaring the glory of God just fine. But scientists who not, do not believe in God keep us from seeing it. They keep us from seeing it. What science is really teaching us is that God's glory is visible, but sadly, many people would rather not see it and embrace other explanations. And there's lots of reasons for that. I think that people don't want to admit that the things that they're doing are wrong. They don't want to admit that there's a God higher than us and that we aren't the most powerful thing that's ever been created. Um, so I think there's lots of reasons why people look for other explanations, but I think when we get down to it, that's why we have so many theories and so many debates over these topics. But this isn't something new. It's not something that we just deal with today. It's not something that people only today have thought about. It was also true in the Bible in Paul's day. After explaining that God's power and divine nature were clearly seen in creation, this is what Paul says in Romans uh, 1, 21 through 23. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. But they became futile in their thinking and foolish hearts. Their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. And ex they exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. How much does that sound like what we're talking about today? How much does that sound like scientists who are exchanging the truths for um, foolish things and saying that we are the most powerful and that um, there couldn't be anything more powerful than us? So let's just be careful not to fall into that um, trap. I think that this is something that is, it was just so interesting to me as I was researching. I think that this topic specifically, like evolution versus creation, is something that the devil has really just been using for years to deceive people into doubting the Bible. And really just one of the tactics of the enemy, one of the ways that he's keeping people out of heaven. So we go from creation in Genesis 1 to just a couple chapters later to Genesis 6. Another question for you. How many years do you think there were between Genesis 1 and Genesis 6? Now let me give you a little bit of context. Genesis 1 is creation, right? Genesis 6 is the flood. So Noah's Ark and the flood. How many years do you think are between Genesis 1 and Genesis 6? No, more than 150, but good guess. <laughs> Anyone else? Adults can guess too. Anyone else? 1,000, more than 1,000, but you're closer. <laughs> Nate? 
<laughs> More than 1,002, but you're closer. <laughs> More than 1,003, but you're closer. All right, so 1,600 years. 1,600, Josh, you're correct. Awesome, you're so smart. 1,600 years between Genesis 1 and Genesis 6. So we go from creation to Noah building an ark. And in Genesis 6, chapter 11, we see now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become, for all the people on earth had corrupted their ways. So God said to Noah, I'm going to put an end to all of the people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I'm surely going to destroy both them and the earth. So make yourself an ark of cypress wood. Make rooms in it and coat it with pitch inside and out. You're going to bring into the ark two of all living creatures, male and female, to keep them alive with you. Two of every kind of bird, two of every kind of animal, and every kind of creature that moves along the grounds will come to you to be kept alive. You are to take every kind of food that is to be eaten and store it away as food for you and them. Noah did everything just as God commanded him. Now, there's two things in this passage that I want us to take notice of. First, did God ask Noah to take two of every animal? Yeah, you think yes? No, yes, I hear some yeses. Here, I hear yeses. I hear some noes. Yes, no. What do you think? Here you go. Yes, you think yes, no. All right, so he said to bring two of every kind of animal, right? So did God need to take two chihuahuas? And two Great Danes? No. He just needed to take two dogs, right? Or probably two wolves would have been more accurate than two dogs. And then from those wolves, we have all of the breeds of dogs. So that helps explain the size of the ark. That God didn't need to take two of every single type of animal. He didn't need to take two spotted dogs and two brown dogs. He just needed two dogs. He also... Did he have to take fish? No, they have plenty of water outside. They didn't need to be on the ark inside. Um, and how about bugs? Do you think he took bugs on the ark? No, he didn't take bugs on the ark because if you've ever been to somewhere that's been flooded, after the flood, there's always bugs. They breathe through, like, their skin. It's weird and gross, and, like, they were just fine. They didn't need to be on the ark either. So he didn't have to worry about, like, roaches eating through the wood or anything like that. They were all outside. <laughs> but now there are some yeah no termites there were, <laughs> there were some things that we know about Noah's ark before the flood and after the flood that are really interesting did you know that before the flood there was no rain it had never rained before the flood all of the water for the earth before the flood came up through the grounds so it was watered through uh, water coming up from the earth and then after the flood we started to have rain. Um, people lived a lot longer before the flood, right? They lived longer than we do today after the flood, but they lived even longer before the flood. And I think that part of that we can explain because of sin. If you think about it, when Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden, there weren't many things around that could kill people, right? Like there wasn't cancer, there wasn't disease, there were no guns, 
like a lot of the things that kill people today, they just didn't exist back then. So people lived a lot longer than we do now. Um, but there's also a lot of scientific data that proves that the atmosphere changed significantly after the flood. So I think that part of that was uh, part of that change in the atmosphere and in the environment changed how long that people and animals live. Um, so that brings us to dinosaurs. How many kids out there like dinosaurs? We're adults. You're an adult. You can like dinosaurs too. Yeah, you like chicken nuggets? <laughs> chicken out oh, dinosaur shaped ones? <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> yes. So I think that, like, of all the questions that people have asked me, I don't know why, but I feel like dinosaurs have definitely been up there, probably in, like, the top five things that people ask me about, which is interesting. People just want to know about dinosaurs, like these giant lizards that, like, ate people, which is not interesting to me at all. But I don't know. A lot of people like Jurassic Park, and they just like um, dinosaurs, right? There's lots of kids' books about dinosaurs, kids' toys. Did you know that in 1842, there was a paleontologist named Richard Owen who coined the term dinosaur? Now, universe means one sentence in the Greek. Do we have any guesses of what dinosaur means? Dino and soar. What do you think dino means? What do you think dino means? Do you know? No, it doesn't mean big lizard. Let's just go with dino first. Dino. What dino means? Dino. What do you think? Dino. Huh? Two. No. What do you think? Great. great. Yes, you're right. It means great or feel fearful is what dino means. Fearfully great or terrible is what dino means. And how about soar? Someone said it already over here. Did you say it? Lizard. lizard, right. Okay, so a great, terrible lizard is what dinosaur means. <laughs> Did Nate steal your candy? I'm sorry. <laughs> great, terrible brother. <laughs> um, you can just call him dino for the rest of the day. That means great or terrible. <laughs> so... Before 1842, which was 177 years ago, keep in mind that the word dinosaur did not exist. So we don't see dinosaurs in the Bible because there was no word dinosaur when the Bible was written about 2,000 years, over 2,000 years ago. Now, there's lots of other things, other words that weren't invented, like pizza and computer and cell phone and um, things like that, that they're not in the Bible either, but we know they all exist, Right. So just because we don't see the word dinosaur in the Bible doesn't mean that there weren't dinosaurs in the Bible. It just means that they were probably using other words to describe them. Um, so let's look in uh, Job 40. This is the first place we see um, the word behemoth. And in uh, Job 40, 15, it says, Look at the behemoth which I made along with you and which feeds on grass like an ox. What strength it has in its loins and what power in the muscles of its belly. Its tail sways like a cedar. The sewins of its thighs are close-knit. Its bones are tubes of bronze. Its limbs are like rods of iron. Now, there's lots of people that say the behemoth was an elephant or a hippopotamus. Do elephants and hippopotamuses eat grass? Yeah, they do. 
<laughs> they do. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they do. Are they strong? Yeah. yeah, they're strong, right? Do they have a big belly? Yeah, they do. How about thick bones? Yeah. Okay, but there's one thing that's wrong. Have you ever seen the tail of an elephant or a hippo? Does that look like a swaying cedar tree to you? No. Their tails are pretty wimpy. It's more like a rope, right? I don't think I would describe that as a swaying cedar tree. Now, a dinosaur, do they have tails like a swaying cedar tree? Yeah, a lot of them do, right? A lot of them have pretty big, nasty tails that will just, like, wipe you out. Get close to them. Um, So we have the behemoth in Job 40. And in Job 41, it talks about another animal called the Leviathan. Now, all of Job chapter 41 is about the Leviathan, but I'm just going to give you some highlights. Now, take a listen to this and see what it might sound like to you. Can you make a pet of it like a bird or put a leash on it for the young woman in your house? If you lay a hand on it, you will remember the struggle and never do it again. (laughs) Right? If you lay a hand on a dinosaur, uh, you probably won't do that again. Any hope of subduing it is false. The mere sight of it is overpowering. No one is fierce enough to rouse it. I will not fail to speak of the Leviathan's limbs, its strength and its graceful form. Who can strip it of its outer coat? Who can penetrate its double coat of armor? Who dares open the doors of its mouth, rings about with fearsome teeth? Its back has rows of shields tightly sealed together. Its snorting throws out flashes of light, its eyes like the rays of dawn. Flames stream from its mouth, sparks of fire shoot out. Smoke pours from its nostrils as from a boiling pot over burning reeds. Its breath sets coals ablaze in its flame, and flames dart from its mouth. Strength resides in its neck. Dismay goes before it. Its chest is as hard as a rock, hard as the lower millstone. It makes the depths churn like a boiling cauldron and stirs up the sea like a pot of ointment. Nothing on earth is its equal, a creature without fear. What does that sound like? What does it sound like? What? A dragon. Yeah, it sounds like a dragon, right? What else? What do you think? A stegosaurus. And what do you think, buddy? A dinosaur. Yeah. Here you go. Oh, sorry. (laughs) It sounds a lot like a dinosaur to me. But scientists say that dinosaurs never lived with people. They say that they were extinct many years before people lived on the earth. Um. So. What if they're wrong? What if dinosaurs did live with people on the earth? Because really, science is the only thing saying that they didn't. And we learned earlier that science gets date, they get dates wrong a lot of times. Could there have been dinosaurs in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve? If that's true, how did they fit on the ark? Well, one type of dinosaur, yes. Also, If I was Noah, now, the Bible doesn't say this, but if I was Noah, I would probably take baby dinosaurs because they would fit better. They wouldn't eat me. And when they got off the ark, they'd have to repopulate. So if they were babies, they'd have more time to do that, right? So that makes sense that Noah would probably take baby dinosaurs and not full-grown ones that would eat everything else on the ark. (laughs) Um, 
We also mentioned that people and animals lived a lot longer in Noah's day. So reptiles, did you know that they never stopped growing? If an alligator or a a chameleon, have any of you ever seen a chameleon? Like those little cool guys? I do like those. That's one reptile that I'm I'm okay with. But I want to be okay with it if it lived 900 years and was like the size of this room. (laughs) That would not be cool. (laughs) Um, So... Um, animals uh, lived longer in that day and reptiles never stopped growing also before Noah's Ark did you know that everybody ate fruits, vegetables, and seeds before Noah's Ark nobody ate meat but after Noah's Ark it said that the animals began to fear people because God allowed people to eat meat so then animals were afraid of people and um, they started eating meat and People and animals didn't live peacefully together like they did in uh, the Garden of Eden or like they did before the flood. Um, There are stories and history from all over the world about, Kendra, did you say dragon? Did it sound like a dragon? There are stories of dragons, which remember dinosaur, the word dinosaur wasn't invented until much later. But all over the world, there are cave drawings you see up here um, of dinosaurs or, I mean, that's what I'm calling them. But so all over the world, people drew things like this on cave walls, right along with like people and men with bows and arrows and like a little thing that looks like a cow or a bison down there. Do you think that they would just draw like all of those things and then be like, oh, wait a minute, let's draw a fake thing that like I just imagined. Like, let me put that right there beside all of these other things that are real. And they, I mean, they could have done that. There could have been some imaginative, imaginative people back then, right? But why do these animals look so similar all over the world? In caves all over the world, these animals look very similar, and they look a lot like dinosaurs, right? So it makes sense that they saw a dinosaur, and they drew it on their wall. Um, also, I thought this was interesting. Um, in the Chinese tradition, they have zodiac signs, right? So 11 of those signs are real animals, right? Pigs, rabbits, like real things. And then one of them is like a fictional dragon. That's weird. Why wouldn't they have picked 12 animals that were real? Well, maybe they did. Maybe they did. Um, So wouldn't it make more sense to believe that God created the dinosaurs when he created everything else? They grew so large because people and animals lived over 900 years. They didn't eat Adam and Eve because before the flood, animals and people lived in peace, which the Bible tells us, which I think it's really cool. The Bible tells us that uh, when God makes a new heaven and a new earth at the end of time, that we will live peacefully with animals again. So everything will be restored back to what it was um, when Adam and Eve were alive in the, gar- in the Garden of Eden. <clears throat> so... Um, yeah, they didn't eat them. And after the flood, the climate changed, the population grew, and dinosaurs started to disappear. Well, as people and animals lived shorter, the dinosaurs didn't grow as big, and weapons were developed, right? Throughout the ages, weapons were developed, and I'm pretty sure that if somebody was going in to build a settlement, they would probably eliminate the fire-breathing beasts 
first <laughs> before they like built their town there. <laughs> so I think that a combination of all of those things contributed to the elimination or extinction of dinosaurs. Did they all die? Now this is where like it gets a little wacky and you definitely need to do your own research, but there's definitely um, like myths and stories and you can Google all kinds of pictures and stuff of like remote areas in Africa and other parts of the world where locals have still seen animals that resemble dinosaurs like the Loch Ness Monster and um, all of those things. So could there still be some things that are like dinosaurs alive? Well, we haven't explored everything, right? The oceans are really, really big and there's lots of animals that we still don't know about in the ocean. I think that there's a possibility that there could be. But do you think science would allow that to be published? Do you think people who believe in evolution would allow that to be published? Probably not, because they want us to believe that the Earth is billions of years old and that, that dinosaurs lived way before people. If we didn't believe that, then their theories of evolution would not be true. Um, so I do want to encourage you this morning first to just do your own research. There's lots and lots of material out there on all of these topics. I think uh, Russell and I have been listening through some um, seminars on YouTube. There's a YouTube series that's really good about it. And I think it's, what, 17 or 18 hours of, like, just talking about these topics. So there's a ton of stuff out there, a ton of research to um, back up these things. So I'd encourage you to definitely... Um, do your own research. Find the answers. Don't be afraid to question. Don't be afraid to question the things that you believe because you have to have those answers if somebody else asked you about them. The Bible says that, that we have to know what we believe and why we believe it, not only for us to hold us steady if uh, something comes along and tries to challenge that, but also to be able to explain it to other people. So don't be afraid that you're going to prove the Bible wrong. Let me promise you, you're not. The Bible is true. You're not going to prove it wrong. So don't be afraid to ask questions and do research. Um, if you'd like to ask us questions, we'd love to have a conversation about it. Russell knows a ton about this topic. Um, we've both been doing some research on it. So uh, feel free to talk to either of us. We'd love to have a conversation with you about it. Um, also, use this as an evangelism tool. Use it as a way to share Jesus. Kids love dinosaurs, right? The real kinds, the chicken nugget kinds. They love dinosaurs. <laughs> Why would chicken nuggets be in the shape of dinosaurs if kids didn't love dinosaurs? <laughs> um, and adults have lots of questions about creation and about these topics that we're talking about today. So be firm in what you believe and then use that knowledge to share with others. And then lastly, I just want to remind you guys this morning that we were all created for a very specific purpose. Aside from the flaws that we see in the theory of evolution, it's a very depressing theory to believe in, right? They believe that there's no purpose for us being here, and when we die, we're just going to turn into dirt. Like, it's a really depressing way to believe. But there's more. God created us for a purpose, and he has a plan for each and every one of us. God loves his creation, and like I said, he'll one day return everything back to the way it was in the Garden of Eden. So today, first, if you've never accepted Jesus, I want to give you that opportunity today. The Bible is um, very clear through all of this, through showing um, the Garden of Eden and creation and the flood. It's all, people throughout time have made mistakes. 
People throughout time have messed up, right? That's what sin does. It makes us mess up, but Jesus came as a payment for that sin. He came as a way for us to still go to heaven. So I just want to give you that opportunity today. Um, I'm going to pray a prayer. If you want to pray it for yourself in your heart, um, the Bible just says that you have to accept Jesus. You have to accept that he's the son of God, accept that he is the payment for your sins and that one day you'll be in heaven with him. So let's pray that today. Dear Jesus, I just thank you for the opportunity that we have to have a relationship with you, God. I just ask that you forgive our sins, dear Jesus. I ask that you forgive anything that we've done wrong. And I just ask that you help us to live a life um, that is pleasing to you, dear Jesus, so that we may one day be in heaven with you. Amen. And then lastly, whether you've accepted Jesus just right now or if you've been a Christian for many years, I heard someone say this week and I just loved it. What on earth are you doing for heaven's sake? What on earth are you doing for heaven's sake? We love you. You guys know the mission of Faith Assembly is to love people to life in Christ. That's our mission. But that's our mission, and you have to move from where you are. We don't want you to stay where you are. We love you too much for that. We want you to take the next steps in your relationship with God, whatever that looks like. You can never outstep God. There's always steps to take. There's always more to do. You can always get closer to him. So if you have any questions about that, if you don't know what that next step is, talk to one of us. We'd love to help you with that. We'd love to journey with you in that walk. Um, we want to see you just living right in the middle of God's will and see you living your best life with Jesus. So thank you guys. I'm going to have Pastor Josh come back up. You can get a, come up for Snickers on your way out if you, did, if you didn't get one, all right? I know some of you got four or five or 18, so if you didn't get one, you'd like one, come on up. Thanks, Pastor Jess. That was excellent. That was very good information. Jurassic Park's like my favorite movie. So that was like, yeah, I was in the zone. Yeah, chicken, nugget, dinosaurs. I was right there, man. That was the only movie. I, I, oh, I'll say my first movie. I went to the theater like multiple times to see, you know. I was a little kid. I was like, this is so cool. Dinosaurs are real. So anyways. Hey, all dinosaur fans, how many? Come on. Adults, yeah. Dino Dan. Dino Dan fans, Dino Dan, thanks for coming tonight. Let's just, just pray. Jesus, bless your people today. Thank you for all that you're doing. Thank you for stirring in us that hunger to, to seek you, Lord, to, to seek truth, Lord Jesus. Not just to be fed something and to believe it, but Lord, help us to dig deep. Help us to research. Help us to know what we believe, to be able to share what we believe, to be able to defend what we believe. Lord Jesus, I pray that you guide us into all truth. Holy Spirit, you, you've come into our hearts and our lives to guide us into all truth. Would you do that? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day.